like that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Beyond the Course podcast. Today's guest is Greg Robertson, head coach of the women's golf team at Oklahoma State University. Greg, how are you doing today? Doing great. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you coming on and I owe a big thank you, I think, to your son as well, who, who actually reached out to me on, on YouTube. Um, he, was, he was really excited to, to get you on and have a chat with you. Um, so, yeah, thank you for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. So um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Obviously, you played in Oklahoma State University. Yeah, I, I, uh, I played my college golf at Oklahoma State uh, my first four years. Um, and then I did, uh, I transferred to uh, uh, University of New Mexico for my last year to, uh, to start my master's degree. I had one more year of eligibility. And, and when I got done with, uh, with school, um, I, tr- I played for a couple of years. I went to Q school a couple of times, played on the Canadian tour. Um, and, uh, you know, just after a couple of two, three years of doing that, um, you know, I, I felt like I needed to kind of move on and, and do something different. And so, I wanted to get into coaching. Both my parents are coaches. Um, actually, my sister's the head women's golf coach at Texas Tech. Um, and so um, I wanted to, to, to move on. I, coaching always interested me. Um, and so what I did is I came back to Oklahoma State and I worked at the golf course. I was still playing a little bit in some, some state opens and stuff like that. And, and I was working as a volunteer assistant uh, with, with the program under Coach Holder. Um, and I did that for a year. And, uh, and after that year, the job at Purdue University came open, and I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get that, uh, that opportunity. And that was my first full-time coaching uh, experience. And, and so I was at Purdue for 11 years working under Devin Browse, a uh, great coach. Uh, has had a lot of success. And, uh, and, and so that, uh, that helped me then get the job at Kent State University up in Ohio, where I was the head coach for six years. Um, we had some success there at Kent State, and, and the job opened up at Oklahoma State, uh, um, and, and it all just kind of worked out where I was able to, mm-hmm. to come back home and, and, uh, and work for my alma mater. And so I, I couldn't be more, more happy to be here. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been a great two years. It's been an interesting two years, my first two years here with COVID and with everything going on, but, uh, um, but, but it's, uh, it's a thrill to be back uh, here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah, so you mentioned there, you, you know, you kind of knew that you wanted to do the coaching side. Did you know that even when, while you were playing that it was something that you were going to want to do one day or did that kind of come after you stopped playing? You know, while I was playing, I, I towards the end of the time that I was playing, I started to think about it. I wanted to stay in athletics. I wanted to stay with golf. Um, and, and really, I, I love the competition of it all. And, and coaching is a great way to stay within the sport, but also stay within you know, to continue to compete. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that was something that really intrigued me. And again, with my parents, both being coaches, um, you know, I, I felt like, uh, you know, that was something that I wanted to do and something that, again, looking at jobs after playing, you know, something that, that I would have fun with and and I would enjoy for the rest of my, my career. And, and, uh, and so far after 20 years, I mean, I, I, you know, it's been a great decision for me because I've loved every minute of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've done a bit of caddying as well for some of the girls. Obviously, you, you, you're the head coach and you've been a player. So would you say the head coaching role is kind of the one that brings you the most joy out of all the different roles that you've done in, in golf? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I've, I've enjoyed the caddying part. Um, you know, I've, I've done it uh, out there on the LPGA Tour um, probably about, uh, 
you know, seven times, uh, mm-hmm. caddied in a few U.S. Opens and some other uh, LPJ events, and then in a, in a couple of Corn Ferry Tour events with, uh, uh, of course, back then I think it was the Buy.com Tour, but uh, yep. um, for a former player of my, uh, a former teammate of mine, um, and so I, I've enjoyed that time doing that kind of stuff. But but you know, I've always said caddying's fun for me to do about once a year or once every couple of years. I, I couldn't imagine doing that full time. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. Um, yep. You know, it's a fun fun time, um, especially you get out there the players playing well and you know and big crowds and stuff like that but but coaching uh you know the college team is is definitely what I love the most and as a player then was there anything in particular during your kind of playing career that helped you become a coach anything that you kind of learned as you were playing that's maybe made you a good coach today or was it something where you you really had to you know learn about how to do the coaching once you started doing it well you know I I say that I'm probably one of the luckiest coaches out there when in terms of how my career has unfolded um you know I started off playing uh college golf for Mike Holder here at Oklahoma State who I think is probably you know the best college golf coach ever um and when I came back um you know to to coach as a volunteer assistant um Mike McGraw who's now the head coach at uh, uh Baylor um and and was uh uh, head coach here at Oklahoma State. He was the assistant coach, and he he's won a national championship. My year at uh, at, at University of New Mexico, I played for J.T. Higgins, um, and he has since won a national championship. Uh, I've gone up to uh, Purdue University, coached with Devin Browse while I was there. Um, our team won a national championship there, our women's team. And then I moved on to Kent State, and I got a chance to work with Herb Page, who who I think is is one of the top coaches uh, in college golf, has had a heck of a career in, the, in what he's done at Kent State. And he kind of helped me a lot, uh, especially early on, my first you know couple of years there as a head coach. And then I've since uh, uh, have come to, uh, you know, to back to Oklahoma State. Now I'm working alongside Alan Bratton. He's won a national championship. So all the people that I've been around, and again, with my, my parents being coaches, um, I've had a chance to, to really lean on and rely on a lot of successful coaches and successful people. And, and I think really throughout my time and uh, having been able to experience that, I mean, I, I've, I've really gained a lot of knowledge and, and, and saw a lot of different coaching styles. Um, and and I've, I've probably drawn from each and every one of them. Yeah. So in your opinion, then, what do you think makes up kind of the – the key elements of being a, a successful coach? Well, I think there's a lot to it, but I, you know, I, th- I think that uh, one thing that I learned um, early on when I first got to Purdue University, um, you know, I was only about 26 years old. I was only a couple of years ahead of, you know, some of the seniors on the team. Mm-hmm. And I tried to kind of make sure I created that line between coach and player. And I probably went a little bit too far. Um, and, and I didn't really develop relationships with those players like I should have. And, and as I've kind of gone on throughout my career, and especially as I've, I've become a head coach, um, learning how to develop those relationships is really key. Um, and, uh, and, and one thing that I found is, you know, when I first got into coaching, you know, Mike Holder, uh, who, who I played for, was a tough coach. Um, you know, kind of an old school type of coach. My dad was an old school type football coach. Uh, I felt like, you know, I kind of needed to be that way when I first got into coaching. And, and what I realized is that you got to be yourself. You know, you, you got to do it your way. Um, 
you know, and what fits your personality because the players see right through that if you're not being really who you are. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, I think, uh, you know, developing those relationships is really probably the, the key to it all and developing that trust between the players and the coaches and the coaches and the players. Um, and so, so that's really the, the, kind of what what I think has been uh, you know what's helped me out along the way throughout the years uh, and hopefully becoming a better coach um, you know from when I first got started to where I am now yeah I mean I know this is something that's um, you know very important to you I've read a few different stories about about how you kind of um, handle these situations in terms of the education side of coaching these kids as well. Um, so obviously when you're coaching these college kids or the, or the women, you've also got the education side of, of college to worry about, not just the, the, the golf side or the sports side of it. So how do you go about that as well? Obviously you are mainly the head golf coach. I mean, do you get involved much in terms of their education? We've all seen these um, you know, amazing movies like Coach Carter, where he's in the library with the kids and, and making sure that they're studying. Like, are you taking on that sort of role as well? Or do you kind of step back and let the teachers do their thing? Well, there, there's, there are some NCAA rules that we have to follow. And actually, coaches aren't really allowed to get involved in terms of the um, the educational part of it. And I think it's more so to make sure everything's being done, um, mm -hmm. you know, by the rules and, and there's nothing shady going on. But, but the one thing that, that we do um, is we want to make sure that there is a good balance between golf and school. Um, and, and the way we do that is, you know, making sure when we get back from, from tournaments, um, you know, that, that we've given them plenty of time off to get caught up on their schoolwork, even during the week, um, you know, during the practice week, we let them know, look, if you've got a lot going on with uh, exams or with papers, you know, let us know. I mean, we'd rather give them a day off in the middle of, of the week to, to focus on that stuff um, than for them to be stressed out while they're at practice and probably sure. not going to get much done and be a very efficient. And so I think from our end, um, the way we can help it help them balance that school and, and golf uh, aspect of it is to make sure that, uh, you know, we give them time, we have some flexibility. And, and we're proud to say that, um, you know, everybody on our team um, and all the way from Kent State to here in the last eight years has held above a 3.0 out of a four-point scale GPA, which is above a B average. And, mm -hmm. uh, and our team GPA um, this past year with this team that finished second at the NCAA championship was a 3.65 and four out of our five players that played in the NCAA championship earned a four, perfect 4.0 in the spring semester. Um, and so, so we, you know, we, we want to make sure that they have that success in the classroom. And I will say, I've got to give credit to the academic support that we have here at Oklahoma state with our athletic academic advisors that do a lot. Um, we, we've got great tutors, um, you know, that are provided. And so, so there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot of people that really help with this. Um, you know, on our end, it's just a matter of, of, of being flexible at times and making sure that, that we do create that, that good balance between golf and school. Yeah, and, and that's a key word, you know, it's the balance, isn't it? Because, I mean, is there never many issues whereby, you know, the, the, the kid does have to study and or has to take days off, et cetera, and then that then kind of affects their golf practice? Because I imagine it maybe puts you in a little bit of a difficult position sometimes when it's kind of like, oh, you know, I need this xyz person to be training this week with the team or whatever it is but they've got to do this school stuff and sometimes it can be a bit frustrating as a coach can't it knowing that 
you want to get these kids together, you want to do the practice or whatever it may be, but some people might not be available. Right. And, and that's the thing about golf is that we probably miss more school than any other athlete on campus because, uh, you know, our tournaments are, are two, three, four days. We're gone for, you know, uh, extended periods of time. So we're missing at least some school for, you know, every tournament that we play. And, and so, you know, it is important to make sure that they, you know, they're, they kind of have a healthy mind throughout the year and they're not getting so stressed out about either golf or school because it's going to affect one's going to affect the other if that's the case. And so when we have them out on the golf course for practice or we're at tournaments, you know, we want to make sure that they're focused on what they're doing with, uh, you know, with school. And then when they're in, in studying and, and, and taking exams and they're in the classroom that they can they can stay focused on, uh, you know, what they're doing uh, there and they're not worried about the golf part so um it's it's definitely a a, a tricky balance um mm -hmm. because there are so many demands on their time and uh the great thing about golf i will say is that because it's an individual sport um we don't need the whole team there like you you know a football team or basketball team to to have practice so so we can be flexible and if if somebody can't be there at the you know the practice time that we might have set for the team we can be flexible and have them, you know, practice a little bit earlier or a little bit later and, and, sure. you know, and help them out in those ways. So, so there's a lot of ways that it can get done, but it's certainly a challenge uh, at times. And especially as you get to the spring semester, the end of the semester, when we're going through, they're getting ready to take finals is also the same time that, you know, we had just played in the conference championship. We're getting to play at the NCAA regional championship and the NCAA, NCAA championship. And so there's a lot going on. They have a lot on their plate during those three weeks or so between finals and all those championships that they're getting ready to play. And so our teams, have, they've done a great job handling it. And I, that's just because we've had some great people on the team and great students, great golfers. And, and, uh, but, but we definitely want to make sure that they can handle both and do it in a healthy way. Yeah. One thing I do want to jump into a little bit is more the actual role of a head coach in college golf, especially for maybe some of the UK viewers uh, like myself, that it's not as knowledgeable as maybe the US viewers. Obviously, as a head coach, you're doing stuff like the scouting and, and organizing the team. But are you also actually coaching the kids in terms of their golf swings and their practice? Or do they all have their own individual coaches that they've used since they were young and you kind of work with those coaches to help them out? How, how does all that work? Yeah, it's a good question. Can I, and I think it's uh, done differently a little bit from program to program. Um, from, from our perspective, um, you know, all of our players come in with their own instructor and, uh, and, and we've recruited them to, to come here because of the, where they are with their golf game. And, and, and they're there because of what they've been doing and who they've been working with. And so our thought is that we don't want to change any of that. If they come to Oklahoma state, um, you know, we want them to, uh, continue to work with you know whoever they've been working with up to that point and if we can we can work with that instructor um, find out what it is that the players are are doing and and, and some things that they're, they're they're working on or changing in their game or their swing um, then we can keep an eye on those things and if we see something that might be we feel might be an issue that we can just talk to them um, about that but we don't we I would say that most of the technical work as far as the golf swing stuff is going to be done with our personal instructor. Um, and, and we certainly don't make any changes without going through that person. Um, I say, I think in my mind, at least here at Oklahoma state, 
the biggest uh, thing that we do, or the biggest couple of things that we do is, is make, getting them ready for tournaments and getting them prepared, teaching them how to practice and practice effectively and efficiently, and then working on really their, their course management, teaching, you know, working on, on scoring, um, managing the golf course, managing themselves. And that's where I see the biggest improvement from, uh, from our players from year one until they graduate is, is in that scoring part, because everybody's going to be continually making small changes in, in their game and in their golf swing and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, but it's, but the major, uh, uh, strides that I see our players make is, is out there on the golf course and, and scoring. And so that's where I feel like we do most of our coaching um, is mm -hmm. in that area. Uh, and then also getting them prepared and then just really working with their instructors on the technical part throughout their time that they're in school. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll get onto the recruiting side of things in just a minute, but in terms of the coaching side, then what does a typical week or days leading up to a tournament with your team look like? Obviously we know for in uh, games like American football, they're looking at past footage and they're looking at film. What kind of things are you guys doing with your girls to prepare for a upcoming tournament? Well, one thing we do is that uh, we, we sit down with them and we have uh, have them all set up a practice plan for themselves. Um, and we work with them on this um, because golf's an individual sport. We, we don't do a lot of structured work where we have everybody on the team doing this, this, or this at practice. We'll do some of that maybe with some wedge practice, maybe some short game stuff, but for the most part, they're going to be taking care of their own practice plans. And we're out there with them working on that stuff. We, you know, a lot of these golf courses that we play in the tournaments um, we've been to many times, um, so we'll work with them on, on, you know, some of the things that they're going to see at the, at, at the tournaments, but, uh, but they're, they're going to, they're going to take care of those practice plans that they have set up. Um, but the, the, a lot of the work that we do, um, really is, is at the tournament during the practice rounds, getting them ready for the event. And when we are, our, our job i think is for us to get them 100 percent prepared for these tournaments and then once we once we get there and we get through the practice round we go through the yardage book the night uh before the first round and you know just get, make sure they've got uh you know some the numbers that they need in there but at that point in time we tell them once you get on that first tee i mean that's you tee it up and you play some golf i mean yeah. we, we don't we don't make them play any certain way um but what we'll do is uh you know, when the tournaments are over, we have a, a tournament evaluation sheet that they just fill out. There's just a few questions that we have of, of what did I do well, what do I need to work on for the next tournament, and what did I learn? Um, and we go through that with every one of them that played in the tournament. We have individual meetings with them, um, kind of go over it, um, you know, find out what some things that they can learn from, um, you know, point out what they did well. Um, but also, you know, again, just you can always learn some stuff and, and, and figure out what it is that you need to work on before the next tournament. And so that's where, um, you know, we want them to kind of be thinking about that kind of stuff. And, and if they make mistakes out on the golf course, I mean, that's, that's golf. I, I remind them that, you know, I, I've, I've hit, I, I can't tell you how many bad shots I've hit on a golf course in tournaments or how many bad decisions I've made. That's part of golf, sure. but the learning apart, learning uh, from that and moving on and becoming better is, is where, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the advancement in the game comes. And so, um, so we don't, we don't, uh, uh, when they're on the golf course, we do one of two things. Um, we either walk with somebody for 18 holes in the tournament, 
Um, if it's somebody that, that likes us to be around and maybe they shoot some good scores while we're walking with them, um, we'll, we'll do that if that's going to kind of help out. Or if it's somebody that's struggling a little bit, we, we think we might be able to help them by, by just kind of being there. But we'll either walk with them for 18 holes or we'll just stand back and just let them play golf. We don't jump around from person to person um, and interfere with what they're doing. As a matter of fact, we tell them we want you to be independent out there. So don't come, you know, wave us down and, and come ask us if you should go for a par five and two over water. I mean, you make that decision, um, you know, and, and if you're confident and, and, and you feel that's the shot, hit it. And if you happen to hit it in the water or, you know, if whatever, I'm, hey, you, you learn, again, you learn from it. Um, but, uh, but that's kind of how we do, so, do things when we're at the, at the tournaments. Um, and then our goal is, again, just to be 100% prepared going in and then at that point, when, when they tee it up in the tournament, let them play golf and, and we're going to get out of their way. So are any of these girls having uh, caddies during these rounds or these events or is all that kind of course information coming from the preparation you guys do um, with, you know, yourself and the other girls? Yeah, the, you know, so they're, they're carrying their own bags. The only thing, you know, we can walk with them as coaches. We can't carry their bag, but we can walk and do everything okay. that a caddy can do. Um, so, and we can go up to them at any time, but we just choose um, to, once we get that practice round done and we go through that yardage book, we got all the numbers, we got all the information, um, then, then it's time to, you know, let them just let loose and play golf. And so, um, so really for the most part, I mean, they're, they're just out there playing I, and they don't uh, necessarily have us around in terms of, you know, providing uh, information. Um, if they need it occasionally here and there, that's fine. But, but for the most part, I want them to, uh, you know, to be free and not worry about the coaches, not worry about everything else that goes along with college golf, because there's a lot of distractions in college golf. You know, you've got individual leaderboards and team leaderboards and, you know, coaches of other teams, your own coaches, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it can be a bit much out there and, and we want them to just treat it like it's a summer golf tournament when they, when they're playing their best golf. And so, um, so just get them prepared and then just let them go. Yeah. So with the recruiting side of it, then, I mean, what sort of things are you looking for in a player as, you know, as a head coach that's looking for new talent, what sort of things are you looking for? Well, you know, I think it's a, a combination of a lot of things, um, but obviously the, you know, the first thing that catches your attention are the scores and the results that they're, that they're having in their junior golf tournaments. And, and that's one, one key piece to it. But then after that, when you start to get into the process and you start to get to know them, that's when it's really about finding what we call the right fit for the program. Sure. And, and so making sure that the personalities of, of the recruits match what it is that, uh, you know, we think will work well with our team, uh, make sure that, that our coaching style is what they want as a player. Um, you've, got, uh, you've got other things like, you know, making sure that the scholarship that they have that they need and the scholarship that we're willing to offer matches um you know and then you have the academic side of it as well again we mm -hmm. go back to what we talked about earlier with as much class as they're missing making sure that they can handle um you know all that missed class plus the exams plus the papers and and everything that goes on with college golf and so you know so there's a lot that, that goes into it and and that goes beyond just the scores um, and, and so really, I think a, a majority of, of what we're looking for um, comes when we start actually 
talking to them through video calls or we bring them in on visits um, and getting to know them as a person, I think that's when that uh, a, a big part of our recruiting happens in that part. And after the initial, you see what kind of results, you see what kind of a player they are. Um, that's the easy part. And then it's trying to figure out as well, what kind of drive do you feel like they're going to have once they get to school, um, you know, and in, in, in terms of the next four years, you know, are they going to be driven to, to continue to get better um, and, and, and work towards winning championships and being a good teammate and all those things? That's what you're trying to project. But uh, but it's really about finding the right fit more than anything. And is there any sort of process whereby you're kind of literally testing these kids? I mean, you've obviously said there you have that kind of initial chat with them and you see what they're like as a person. You're obviously keeping an eye on scores and the tournaments they've been involved in. But with that whole recruiting pro process, do they come in and do some sort of round with you guys and you watch them on a round? Is, is there any sort of tests involved? Well, you know, the, the NCAA rules actually prohibit us from doing that. When they're on campus, okay. we're not allowed to... Uh, uh, take them out on the golf course and, and be with them uh, on the golf course. So there's really not, they want they don't want there to be a, a tryout period. And I think that stems from other sports too, because obviously you get into football and basketball. I mean, just with injuries and things that can happen. And so they have that, that rule spread across all, all sports. So really um, everything that we're doing with our evaluation of the player is through going to tournaments um, and, and we go to tournaments all across the U.S. We, we usually go to Europe once or twice. Um, I've been to Asia. Um, and so it's, it's about watching the, the, the players. Um, you see their scores. I mean, the great thing about the Internet is we've got access to, you know, pretty much every score and, and all the results that they've had for, you know, for years and years. And so, um, so and if we don't get a chance to watch them, you know, it's, it's always good to at least see a video, a swing video. Um, but but in, then then you're also, um, you know, again, going through the process of getting to know them through video calls and stuff like that. If everything kind of checks out and it looks like it's, it could be a good fit, then we work on bringing them in for a, for a visit. And so if you, if you come in on a, an official visit, by NCAA rules, you've got 48 hours that you're allowed to be here. And during that time, we want to show them around campus. We want to show them our facilities. And just as importantly, we, we want to have them meet the team, um, get, see how they get along with the team, how the team gets along with them. Sure. Um, you know, they, we, we set up meetings with advisors on campus to make sure that academically it's, it's meeting what they're looking for. Um, so, so again, you know, it, there's really a lot that goes into it. Um, and so um, in, in the end, it's got to be, again, a right fit for them towards our program. And then for everything that we can offer is what they're looking for. Yeah, and, and obviously you've coached a lot of girls that have then gone on to get their, their tour cards and some played on LPGA. I think a couple have played on the European tour, the LET as well. So in your opinion and your experience, what do you think separates those that kind of make it from college and don't make it? What, what do these college kids need to have when they're ready to turn pro and try and get their tour cards? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's it's kind of a tricky question because, you know, as you know, I mean, you, you just never really know until they get out there and, and they experience the tour life um, and, and uh, you know, and, and how they'll do. Because there, there are some, some college players, or even some junior golfers that have turned pro that you would have thought, man, they, they're just, they can't miss. And then they actually struggle a little bit more than you think. And then there are others that you would have never thought, you know, would be, uh, would be making it out there. And they are. But, um, but I, I think that, uh, 
you know, from what I've seen, um, you know, those that have some, some power and some length, especially on the, on the lady side is, is really big. Um, you know, if you can drive the ball well, um, and, and you've got that length and you can give yourself a lot of, you know, short clubs into the greens again, I mean, that that's no secret to, to the game of golf. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, but I think for the, on the lady side, if, if you've got, uh, you know, quite a bit of power, you know, like Alexi Thompson, Nelly Corda, um, mm -hmm. those type of players, it, it, you really see that, uh, you know, go a long way. And then certainly, you know, I, I think it's the, the, obviously the short game um, is part of it, but, but it's, uh, you know, knowing, learning how to, and being comfortable with going low. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, that we're seeing is that uh, if you're going to play out there, you got to be comfortable with, being able to shoot 63, 64, 65, you know, there's mm -hmm. not a whole lot of money being made, you know, shooting right around par every time you tee it up. And so, um, you know, and, and some, some players have a knack for that um, mentally, you know, they're comfortable when they're, they're more comfortable, the lower they get. Um, some players kind of have a little bit of a mental block that, you know, they get, you know, two or three under, they, they, they want to shut it down a little bit and get to the clubhouse. But, um, but I, I think, uh, you know, having that power, having a good short game and, and just learning how to be able to, to take it low and being comfortable, you know, shooting, shooting those low numbers, you know, 63, 64, 65. Um, I mean, that's, that's what you got to do these days. Yeah. And I want to go back to you personally now a little bit as a coach, obviously a very successful one, like yourself, what is the more kind of prouder moments that you've experienced as a coach? Is it, you know, you've got the personal awards, you've got the team awards, but then you've also got the, you know, the the satisfaction of watching some of these girls go on to become, like I said, pro uh, pros on tour, like the Ladies European Tour or the the LPGA. So what the, what is the most kind of satisfying for you as a head coach of these girls? Well, you know, when I was uh, in my, I think it was my second year at Kent State, Coach Maddie Swainy and I came up with a mission statement of what we want felt was our main job and mission as coaches, and and really what we came up with was that we want to create the, you know, the opportunities in the environment for our players to win championships on the golf course, earn their degree and to grow and mature as individuals to become, you know, to best be prepared for life after college. Um, and so what we want to see is, I mean, we would love for them all to go out and, and, and have a great professional career playing golf. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, that's, it's a tough thing to do. Um, but, but what we want to see is for them to, you know, to, to have success once they leave, leave school, whether it be on the golf course in the business world as parents, whatever it might be. And I think that, you know, what, one thing that I like to do is I like to keep, I keep all of the messages and cards and um, notes that, that players have written, you know, to me over the past, you know, eight years as a head coach. And I, and I mm -hmm. actually keep a file of that in my, my computer. And, and so, you know, to, to get those messages, about, you know, how much they felt we helped them along the way, um, you know, not just uh, on the golf course, but as a person um, and, and, you know, that, that what they're doing today, that maybe the success that they're having today and whatever it might be, that we had a small part and kind of leading them and, and guiding them through, uh, through those four years that's, that's helped them get to that point. And so I would say that's probably, you know, you get a lot of satisfaction as a coach, I think, uh, you know, when, when you get those notes and you get those messages and, and you see that the players, 
they 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 understand there was uh you know the the whole process of everything uh going on throughout those four years as tough as it might have been has really helped them uh you know and where they are in their life today and so you know that's always fun to fun to get those those type of messages yeah, I imagine. And I think one special thing about being able to coach these these types of teams, especially for, for college level, is the fact that, you know, you're obviously recycling the team in a way, aren't you? And every time these girls leave to go on tour or whatever it is they do, you've then got to basically start with brand new players, brand new team and do it all again. You know, a lot of successful coaches or managers, no matter what sport it's in, they sometimes stay with the same players for 10 years. And, you know, the players almost, uh, you know, part of the success of, and the key of the coach being so good as is the coaches uh, when the player is so good so what's the key to specifically being a college golf coach in terms of rebuilding those teams uh, you know bringing in new talent and as the old ones go out and then still being able to be successful I think uh, a big part of that is is setting and, and creating an environment um, you know of discipline and accountability um, and, and an environment where you know, the players come through and, and, you know, as they get to be juniors and seniors that they're able to, to lead and, and help bring along the, you know, the freshmen and sophomores that are coming up through. Um, and, and, and it hopefully it just kind of continues to cycle that way. Um, and so I think it does, it starts with, with that, uh, you know, that environment that you have in your program, because it could go one way or the other pretty easily, sure. um, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's, again, a part of, of our job. And, and, you know, I think as a college golf coach, you, you know, you're working with them on golf, but I think you're also, you know, you're also a bit of a psychologist and, and, and that sort of thing to try to, you know, continue to, uh, um, to help them from a mental aspect, but also, um, you know, to continue to, uh, you know, create an environment that where they can have success and that success will be sustained even when those those top players are long gone, that hopefully they've helped out the ones that have come through and, uh, and, and that just continues. So, um, so that's where I, I think it's important, especially from the very start. And that's where it comes with also finding the right fit for your program and making sure that the individuals that you're bringing in as freshmen that uh, that they're gonna they're gonna fall in line with what uh, you know what you're doing in the program that they um, you know their expectations meet uh, you know what what our expectations and uh, you know and so I think those couple things right there are really important to you know continue it because yeah it can, it could get away from you real quick if uh, you know if you don't have that in place. And I, and I think all that kind of helps out the recruitment side of it, doesn't it, as well? Because, you know, you've obviously got to try and convince these kids that are coming out of high school that are obviously superstars from high school and then the next big, big thing for college. And you've got to try and convince them to come to your school and your program. And obviously, if you're leaving behind, you know, these girls that have got nothing but good to say about you, the program and how everything was incredible, they're obviously more likely to come back, aren't they? I mean that has to be a part of it as well. Because if you look at, um, you know, American football, you've had Alabama that have just constantly been mm -hmm. successful year after year. I think Duke had a run of it in the college basketball year after year. Um, and that's not easy to do. So that's got to be a key part of it as well. Well, and I think if you, if you look at all of those programs, you do kind of see the same theme where, you know, I mean, they, they, they do it in different ways, but, but the, the, 
you know, the environment that they're creating in their program just kind of breeds success. And, uh, and you're right. I, you know, again, when we have recruits in the one thing that I, I tell them and I, uh, you know, is talk to everybody on our team. You know, I, we don't have anything to hide. I mean, we're, we're not trying to keep. And so I think if you can have that and, and, you know, not everybody on the team is, you know, I mean, you, you've only traveled five to each tournament. So there's going to be four five, six players that aren't traveling to tournaments. So, you know, yeah, there's going to be some disappointment in some players, especially if they don't get picked for tournaments. And so, you know, it's not, everything's just a, a perfect situation at all times, but I think if you do things in a fair way, you keep communication open with the players. So they have an understanding of, of everything going on within the program um, that, you know, they, they have some respect for what's going on in the program. And so, um, but I, as far as I'm concerned, I want those recruits to talk to everybody on the team and get to know different perspectives as to what's going on. And, um, you know, and so, and my thought is, is that again, if you have the right environment and you have the right people, they should be having a, an enjoyable experience once they're here. And that's the one thing that I, I talk to recruits about all the time in recruiting is that from strictly a golf standpoint, there's really two things you ought to be looking for in a program. Number one, are the players improving from year one to year four? And number two, are they having a good experience? And if you have those two things, you're going to be in a pretty good situation. And, and if you have those two things with everybody on the team in that type, type of environment, then things should run pretty smoothly. And I think ultimately you'll have some success. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I touched on it before. You've obviously had uh, different experiences in, in golf as a player, coach and caddy. And, you know, you're obviously happy where you are right now at Oklahoma State University. But do you have any plans in the long future, um, in the far future, should I say, to, to do anything else in golf, whether it's caddy for somebody else or be a coach of a different type of college or the men's game? Have you got any, any kind of thoughts on that or you just kind of see where it goes? No, you know, honestly, if, if I can end my career here at Oklahoma State, uh, that that would be the best thing possible for me and my family. Um, I, I really I don't have any plans of, uh, uh, you know, moving on and, and being a caddy or anything like that. You know, my playing days are long gone, um, <laughs> you know, and that once I got into coaching, I I, I actually I've, I've spent more time on a golf course than I ever have, but I've played less than I ever have. But uh, so so my my playing days are gone. And and as long as I'm in coaching and as long as Oklahoma State will keep me here, um, I, I plan on being here until I'm, I'm retired. And so, again, it's, uh, you know, here in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where, where OSU is located, this is where my wife grew up and her dad mm -hmm. lives here. Um, I'm closer to my family now. They live in New Mexico. Um, so I'm, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot and I don't, I don't think I'd want to change a thing. Yeah. And outside of golf, then what, what sort of person are you? Um, obviously, you know, you are obsessed with golf, but are you the kind of person that will go home and again, watch film of old gay old rounds or whatever it is to try and keep improving things? Or do you switch off from golf? Yeah, I, I can turn it off. Um, you know, when I get home, I'll, I'll watch the golf channel a little bit, but I, I don't get obsessed with, uh, you know, with, with watching a whole lot of golf once I'm, I'm back home. I, I've got two boys, an 11 year old and a 13 year old. Um, they're involved with all kinds of sports, uh, you know, uh, baseball, golf, basketball, cross country. So, you know, my time once I'm home is usually consumed with, uh, you know, working with them and following them around. And, and uh, you know, as much as I'm away at, you know, with recruiting and the tournaments, 
to get a chance to, to spend some time with them is pretty special and, and it's precious time, especially as they're getting older. And, and uh, you know, so I, I try to I try to make sure that I, I've got plenty of time to, to be with them, um, you know, and and, and and away from from anything else, just kind of the, the things that relax me at home is just doing some yard work around the house and, yep. and, and stuff like that. But um, but I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of football. American football. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, my dad was a, was a football coach. I actually played in high school. Um, and so, you know, on during, during the fall, I, I'm, I, I'm all about watching football and, and yeah. going to the games. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's one of my favorite things to do in, in, in the fall. Awesome. Well, before I let you go, just one more thing for any kids or, you know, teenagers that are wanted to go through maybe the college program, play college golf and, and go pro, What's the one bit of advice that you would give for these these kids? Well, you know, I, I think nothing can, you know, there's no substitute for hard work, um, you know, and, and, and I think, uh, you know, getting not, really no substitute for competition either. I mean, you know, getting out there and competing, whether whether it be on a, on a national level or a local level, just whatever you can do, you know, to compete, um, you know, and, and work hard. And, and you know, the, the thing is, um, you know, opportunities will find the you know we'll we'll find those players um you know who who do those things who are driven to uh to work hard and and that sort of thing and there's there are a lot of opportunities in in college golf and and that's one thing that i'd like for all of your listeners to know is that you know what may not necessarily be a top 10 division one team but there's you know we've got division two we've got uh, junior college division three there's a lot of opportunities out there and and so you know, if you look at the rosters really across the board for, for college golf and at, at really any level, any school, there's a lot of international um, players that are on these rosters, um, you know, so there's a lot of opportunities out there. And so, but the thing is, is that the coaches need to, you know, they need to see how these players play in competition, um, you know, and, and, and having communication with the coaches is key. And so, um, you know, being able to, you know, stay in, in contact with coaches, um, you know, and, and provide some provide when you when you send a coach some information, show them what your scores are. If you've got a swing video, I mean, that always helps. Um, and, and uh, you know, and don't uh, don't feel like if, you know, if one door closes on a one particular school or a particular uh, set of schools that, uh, you know, something else might not open elsewhere. Um, so it's, uh, you know, just just. Uh, just keep working um, and, and uh, you know, try to get in communication with uh, with some of these coaches and find the right fit for the program that, that works for you, that you think will be the best for you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Greg. I really appreciate your time and it was great talking to you. Well, I appreciate the time as well and maybe we can do it again sometime. For sure, Greg. Thank you very much. Cheers, buddy. All right, you got it. We'll see you.